Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David. Well, can you imagine one day you're out there walking by yourself and you're just contemplating your life? Where are you and what's going to happen next? And you're just thinking, you're praying, and you're trying to figure out what your life is going to be all about. And maybe you got some big decisions coming up. And you walk past this field and it's all grown up. And you've, you've walked past this field perhaps for many, many years. You know, and you see this little path that goes through, maybe it's a little deer trail and you go, you know, I'm going to go through this field. So you take a left and you go into the field. And as you're walking through this big field, you see big areas growing up, some rocks here and there. And it's just kind of an adventure. And all of a sudden, in this small clearing, you see what looks like this bag, this shiny material that uh, is glinting in the sun. So you walk over to it and you realize it's gold, gold coins. And you're looking at this and thinking to yourself, what on earth? It's just barely coming up from the soil. Some of the coins are starting to spill out what looks like, like an ancient bag. And you begin to get down on your knees and you're pulling the dirt around it. And you realize that this bag is is much bigger than it appears. It goes deeper down into the dirt. And very clearly what has happened is that the time and rain and the wind has blown and, and caused whatever was that was in the ground begin to now surface. And there it is. As you begin to dig frantically, you're going to pull this bag up out of the dirt and you realize it is a massive bag of gold. And you think to yourself, wow, this is quite a find. And you want to take it home immediately, but then you think to yourself, but wait a minute, I don't know who owns this field. I can't claim it. And so now this is where you get a little shrewd and you think, you know what? I'm going to rebury this, find out who owns it, and I'm going to buy this field. And sure enough, that's what you do. You dig another hole and you put it a little bit distance away, someplace hidden, and you put a rock that you know you would recognize on top of the place where you dug. You look around to see that nobody was watching it. And off you go to the real estate office to find out who owns that land. And you find out that's owned by an individual and the property is not for sale. So you think to yourself, my goodness, how am I going to be able to do this? So you go home and you realize you're going to have to get some money. That's the only way that you're going to be able to make this happen is if you have enough money to cause this person to be willing to sell you the property. So you sell everything you have. You sell your house, you mortgage it, you, you sell your car, you, you get as hands on as much cash as you possibly can. And then you find out who the owner is and you call him and you say, look, I'd love to buy your property. And you offer him so much. They say, no, no, I'm not, I'm not wanting to sell that land. Then you offer him even more. And they say, no, no. Then finally, you offer him everything that you have. And you tell him, look, I, this is everything I have. I really want that field. I really want to do something with it. I mean, you make him an offer you can't refuse. And he says, yes. And then you bought this field. And then you run down there after the transaction is made and you pull up that bag. And you find out that it's worth millions and millions of dollars. You have become wealthy overnight. This is exactly the kind of scenario that Jesus is talking about there in Matthew 13 and the parable of the hidden treasure. Jesus is talking about what? He's talking about the kingdom of God. Today, I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. But more importantly, or more acutely, I want to talk to you about priorities. Now, in this particular teaching in Matthew chapter 13, it says that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. 
Jesus is trying to show us many different things here. Showing us the power of the kingdom of God, its priority. He is showing us that it is more valuable than we could ever imagine. So often Jesus would use financial and treasure stories to capture the attention of those who are listening to him. And so, of course, you'd have all these people that are coming from many different aspects of life, and maybe they were just barely paying their bills, living in a time of great taxation during the Roman control and subjugation of Judea. And so when they hear this story, of course, their imaginations are taking off and they're thinking, oh, yeah, man, that would be awesome if I could find a bag of gold, you know, everyone's dream. But Jesus taps into that, doesn't he? He he reaches into that to say, you know what? As valuable as that gold is, the kingdom of God is even more valuable than that. It is a treasure. When you discover what the treasure is, when you realize how awesome the kingdom of God really is and how it impacts your life, then you will make it first and foremost. You will operate under its laws and understand its power. And this then makes me think of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where Jesus is talking to the people and he's sharing with them, of course, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's sharing with them things that are causing them to think and to dig deep. And he's, he's talking about the kingdom of God as well. He's just been sharing with them that how important it is to walk in righteousness, to understand the Father's heart, and to understand that to live a life of honesty and purity is going to pay off. But he sees in the eyes of the people as he's sharing with them there in the Sermon on the Mount, maybe doubt, maybe fear. And we know Jesus could, when I say reading minds, what I mean is he could read the heart. And we have examples of that in the Gospels. That he could read what they were thinking. And he could see in their eyes maybe doubt, maybe fear, maybe like, well, I don't know what you're saying there. And then Jesus says, look, I understand that you have a need for food and shelter and all the basic necessities in life. And then he says, Matthew 6, 33. And this is what he says. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you as well. What a remarkable statement. And and I'll tell you before I get into breaking this down, that this has been a life verse of mine. It has been something that I have chosen to really measure my life by, to really dig in and let it kind of set the tone. And of course, the priority of my life, which I'm I'm going to explain right now. So Jesus is talking about all these things. What are are all these things? Well, you know, our needs, our basic daily needs, our food, our shelter, our money to be able to to survive, friends, family, all the wonderful things that we we would like to have in this world, the things that we acquire, the things that we seek the things that we stack up. God says, look, I I am not unfeeling. God knows you have a need for all these things. But if we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness to be right with him, then all these other things. Okay, so he's saying, as well as how it finishes. And he says, not only will you receive all these things, but you're going to understand the kingdom of God. That is the treasure. That is something that's worth far more than anything that we can acquire in this world. If we really truly understand it, if we really truly embrace its power and and understand. So Jesus is saying, you know, seek first. Seek it first. That means make it a priority over all the other things in our life. And I'll tell you, this is not just 
a statement. It's not just words. You know, isn't it interesting that so many of the things in Scripture are easy to t- easier to talk about than to do? Humility, easy to talk about, a whole lot harder to walk in. Pride is easy to talk about and expose, much harder to reveal it to your own self and heart and to realize you're walking in it. And it goes on and on. To be a giver, I can talk about to being a hilarious, willing giver, but man, it's a whole lot harder to, to give sacrificially when you can think of 10 other things you want to use that money for. Am I right? When we think about the kingdom of God, it is easier to talk about it than it is to live within it. Why? Because the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the upside down. It doesn't operate by the rules of this world. The kingdom of God does not function the way we would expect it to function. Well, why? It's because we are trained in a very, very selfish, earthly kingdom here on this earth, blinded to the real existence, the reality of the kingdom of of heaven, the kingdom of God, how it operates, its laws. And if you can imagine with me just for a moment, the earth and this great veil that is drawn and covering the earth, and God just came and, and, and just, just draped it over the earth. And this translucent veil is the kingdom of heaven. And it's there, but you can only see it or, or, or experience it when you've been born again. But everybody else in the world is blind to it. They don't know that it exists. They don't know how it works. And so they ignore it. They may have never even heard of it. But for those who have come to Christ and given our life to Jesus Christ, we have now been awakened to a spiritual reality that exists. And in this spirituality are laws that were to function that if we understand them, then we can access its power. We can access what its fruit and so here Jesus is saying, if look, if you will acknowledge the kingdom of heaven, if you'll seek it, if you'll look for it, if you'll look for its reality in every aspect of your life and, and righteousness with God, in other words, that everything that you're doing within this kingdom is always connected to the Father. See, Jesus came, died on the cross for us to be saved and to be restored in a relationship to the Father. What a great revelation. That Jesus said, look, it's not just about me, it's about him. No longer do you have to pray to me or talk to me because I'm here, but now you can talk to the Father in my name. And so we can function in this kingdom that is run by the Father in great expectation and knowing that it's going to work. There's going to be blessings. So we're going to learn that it's better to give than to receive. And then God's going to pour out 30, 60, 100 fold in return for those who give sacrificially giving our lives sacrificially. The upside down is that, you know, we've got to die to our selfishness and the things of this world in order to release the wonderful fruit that comes from that. This is a kingdom principle. It's like gravity. It's like all the other things that we see that, that, that function just the way God set up the world. See, the world system is a Babylonian system. The book of Revelation is going to give us a peek into it that it's run by Satan himself. It's controlled by him, very selfish, very blind to the things of God. And as a result, they experience death and and loss and disappointment and deep grief and fear will always be the fruit of living in this world run by him. But when we are able to embrace the kingdom of God and seek the righteousness of the Father, 
And what I mean by that is to be in right standing with him. See, by making the kingdom of God a priority, it means I'm going to wake up every single day and I'm going to ask the Father, where am I in your great plan for my life? I want to know, am I seeking you first? Where, Where can I make adjustments? How can I make you first in my marriage? How can I make you first with my money? How can I make you first with raising my kids and the job that I have? How can I make you first? That's what he's talking about. And so all the other concerns, all the other passions, all the other loves, God says, look, those are all good, provided they're righteous and provided, you know, they're life-giving and they're good. I want you to have all that, but I want you to seek me first. I want it all to be submitted to me because ultimately it's not a selfish thing on God's part. It is reality. I think of the TSA security when you get ready to get on a plane. You know, you're walking through, and before you can get on that plane, you got to take, you know, your belt off, your shoes off, you got to empty your pockets, you got to make sure that all liquids and things, that you're not bringing anything on that plane that could be used as a weapon or a device to hurt someone or anything. And it's all for safety. And, and, and I got to thinking about how that works in the kingdom of God in a, in a way that before we get on to moving in life, we have to empty our pockets. We have to go through and lay everything out before the Lord to say, everything that I have here, Lord, is for you. Everything that I have is for this trip. It is relevant. It is useful to the kingdom of God, it, it, to, the, to the flight I'm getting ready to take, to, to the purpose that I am on. And so by seeking first the kingdom of God, it means really surrendering all of this and letting God observe it, and then knowing that it is a part of his plan. You know, I wanted to share that in the book of Proverbs, I was actually doing our devotions with, with my son this morning, and, and we like to go through Proverbs often, as I've, I've said before. And I think of this incredible verse in Proverbs chapter 28. That was the proverb for the day. And we began to read it. And we both looked at each other and were just amazed. And my son even commented on the fact how this, this particular section of Scripture was so pertinent, so relevant to what is going on in our world right now. And, and, and just a couple of verses, but the, I'll just share the first one. But I encourage you to read the whole chapter 28. It's, it's pretty amazing. Verse 1, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I love how this begins. Because it really does show us contrast, which is what the book of Proverbs does. It contrasts a life that is an experience for those who fear the Lord and walk in the, in the kingdom of God and the ways of God. And then, then compared to a life that does not have it. And that is important for us to see because sometimes we don't believe it. You know, Jesus, when he, he appeared to the disciples after his resurrection, you read this, it's amazing. It says, and some still doubt it. And Jesus, in Mark 16, Jesus rebuked them and said, touch me. See, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm the same Jesus, just raised from the dead, now in a resurrected body. And, and, and now all they've been talking about is getting ready to happen. And so you see here in Proverbs 28 that the wicked flee, though no one pursues. What, what is that? Well, that's fear. That is fear about nothing or about something that is not as bad as what everybody says it is. Interesting. That will run. Isn't it interesting that how catastrophe or struggle really does reveal where the heart is? And man, I've been there. 
man, those false reports, the wars and rumors of wars, things that are going on in the world right now. We're so, as they say, man, we're so close to World War III. And I don't know, maybe we are. But right now, it's just saber rattling. Right now, it's just talking heads. Right now, it is all just lies and shadows, you know, smoke and mirrors. And, you know, if you're not walking in the kingdom of God, then that's going to affect you in comparison to the person who understands the kingdom of God, the person who knows who they are and who's in charge and that your life really does belong to him. And you live in a world that no one else can see, this kingdom of heaven that's controlled by a king who is worthy to be praised and understands all that's going on and has a timeline that I am included uh, within, then I am not going to be fearful. I'm going to be bold as a lion. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be bold because I am trusting that the king and his kingdom are going to impact my life in a way that is, that is never without his watchful eye. You know, Jesus told his disciples, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of this age. Now, that word age is, is interesting. But what it ultimately means is that in this existence, this particular age of, of human existence, Jesus is, is overseeing this because all things have been placed under his feet. He is in control. He knows what is happening. Everything is happening according to plan. And with that in mind, we can live with incredible confidence and peace. My friend, as you listen to this podcast here today, I know perhaps things have been dislodged in your heart and, and you're beginning to wonder, where do I stand in my understanding of the kingdom of God? Well, I want to pray for us today that God would open our eyes to see, but more than anything, that we would see its value because Jesus says, look, once you discover what the kingdom of God is, and it's a treasure beyond description, it is priceless. And we should sell everything in order to make sure that we're functioning within it, that we'll just literally turn our backs on everything else natural in this world to obtain that knowledge, that understanding, to live within the power and the reality of the kingdom of God. May God help us do that. And may God help you begin to examine every part of your life so that you can function within it. I'll tell you what, let's take a moment to pray. Father, I pray for everyone who is listening to this podcast today, whether they're driving or wherever they are in this place and time in their life, that God, we would be able to, to respond to Jesus in that verse in Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And Lord, know confidently that everything will be added to us as well. Lord, I pray over all the everything that might be needed by everyone who is listening. Lord, I have needs, God, of physical healing. Lord, I have needs of being able to do whatever you've called me to do here at, at the church that I serve. And Lord, I pray for all those who are listening to me right now, that God, whatever need they may have, Lord, I pray that you'd help them see that, Lord, even it, it begins with a choice, God, to seek you first in your righteousness. But then, God, there are decisions and changes in our priority, our lifestyle, the things that are important that need to be less important. Lord, the things that we need to just say, you know what, I, I don't need to be spending, spending so much time on that, so much money on that. I need to sell everything I have, so to speak, quote unquote, and to buy the field, to buy the kingdom, to make it first and foremost in my life. And however practically that plays out in our life, Holy Spirit, lead us. Lord, I thank you for this time. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, thanks for joining me here today on Take a Knee, and I hope to see you next week. God bless. We'll see you soon.